Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about Season 9, Episode 21, called King of the Damned. I like this episode, kind of. I like this episode, too, actually. Like, I haven't, I've, I've noticed about Season 9, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever about it, but like, I like this one. Yeah, yeah, I think as far, I think this might be my least favorite season. Like, and it's, yeah, like, towards I the end, it. it's picking up, like, I'm liking it more and more. Mm-hmm. But, um, I and not that it's a bad season, it just has more episodes that I'm kind of meh about. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's like, kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't, like, dislike it, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so we start out uh, at night. We're in Leith, Scotland. I have no idea if I said that right. L-E-I-T-H. Okay, Leith, Scotland. Uh, it is, in fact, 1723, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> uh, we are in a candlelit room. Uh, there's a young man named Gavin McLeod who is packing for a trip. Suddenly, there's a very bright light behind the door, and Abaddon, looking sexy as fuck, enters the room. <laughs> I, I liked her in this episode. I don't know. Yeah. If they, like, they like, I don't know. They just made her more pretty, I think, or more glamorously pretty, you know? Yeah. That way. Uh, her makeup and hair and stuff. But anyway, okay. Um, Abaddon says, what's that, you say? Come in. Don't mind if I do. Okay. <laughs> Gavin says, who are you? What do you want? Abaddon starts drawing a sigil on the door and says, I'm a friend of the family, and I want you. Gavin says, I have no idea who you are, but you'll be taking your leave now. Thank you. Okay, why is he like, get out, pretty woman? What do you think that's about? It's not proper. Oh, we're going proper here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, that wasn't really. And also, like, to have somebody just, like, show up and, like, walk in your door, like, that's true. I'd be like, what are you doing here? Get out. You know, like. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I, I think I'd just ask a little more questions. Well, I guess it depends on how threatened you feel, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. He's threatened and, by like, pretty And, like, she was wearing heads. pants, which back then, like. <laughs> You're right. What who the hell, hell are you? You know, yeah. like. <laughs> right. You're right. Okay. I didn't think about the pants. <laughs> um, Abaddon says, yes, you're packing. Sailing for the colonies. I know all about it. Change of plans. Uh, another man enters the room, a young man, and says, ooh, what's this then? Are we having a party? Yeah. <laughs> Abaddon, <laughs> I know. He looks excited. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Abaddon laughs and says, yes, a farewell party. Then Abaddon raises her hand, and the young man is thrown back and impaled through the neck on, like, a metal hanger on the wall. Uh, too bad. Lots of, I, if you've noticed, I think there's a bit of impalage in this series. I just want to throw oh, that yeah. out there. That's not really a, a spoiler, but kind of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, impaling. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Gavin, like, gasps and then makes the sign of the cross. Abaddon starts chanting, and the sigil on the door glows bright white. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to inside a bar in present time. Uh, A couple of guys and a girl who are all angels are at a table drinking and laughing. One of the male angels says uh, she has a big slice of pizza in her hand. And we just got from the place around the corner. Wait, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Sorry. Bless you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to start that over. He says, (laughs) 
She has a big slice of pizza in her hand. We just got from the place around the corner. And a seagull landed on her head and started flopping and distracted her while another gull swooped in. Uh, but the conversation stopped suddenly when another angel, uh, looking very kind of nerdy and smug, not not knocking on a nerdy look, but his is just kind of in that, like, snooty, nerdy like, way. And you know? can't really take him seriously away because he seems kind of like an asshole. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, his name is Ezra, um, another angel. He tries to join the conversation. Ezra says, oh, I can't tell you how great it feels to finally have a night off. Right, guys? Uh, the male angel tries to continue his story. He says, uh, this other seagull came. Ezra interrupts and says, get away from all the pressure, you know? The male angel says, anyway, so no one had any pizza after that. Ezra says, of course. Like, really, dude? You know? <laughs> Ezra says, of course. I can't really complain. The male angel says, you just see the bird. And then Ezra interrupts again, says, being handpicked by the big man himself. I'm not really supposed to talk about it because, you know, it's Metatron. Suddenly, he has like, everyone. You idiot. You know? Yeah, you fucking dumbass. So now everyone is staring at him. The male mm-hmm. angel says, what about Metatron? Ezra says, well, uh, he's come to depend on me. So, you know, we're tight. And I have to say, I have come to appreciate the Metaman's vision. The male angel says, his vision, he threw us all out of heaven. Ezra says, no, no, no big picture he's giving the place a makeover bringing back the chosen few starting with the uh chosen chosen few if you uh know what i mean (laughs) and we see that a couple at a nearby table has been listening into this conversation uh we cut to ezra leaving the bar he's walking in an alley suddenly he is jumped by the eavesdropping couple from the bar Uh, We cut to an underground interrogation room. Ezra is chained to a chair and an angel walks into the room uh, whose name is Benjamin. Benjamin says, these are dangerous times. You have to be careful what you say. You never know who might be listening. Ezra says, I said nothing. (laughs) Yeah, you're an idiot. (laughs) Benjamin says, oh, you said plenty. Apparently, you felt the need to discuss your relationship with Metatron. His strategies? Ezra says, no. Benjamin says, privileged information. You speak that freely, and there are consequences, as you're about to find out. And then we all hear heavy footsteps approaching. Ezra says, is that him? (laughs) Benjamin says, it is. Then we get some, like, tense music playing. The footsteps keep coming. And then suddenly, Cass appears in the doorway looking like a fucking badass. (laughs) Cass, but... I know. My little cast by I, I, was, I was happy when they, whenever they make him menacing. I'm like, yeah, fear him because he's so sweet. <laughs> Rawr. <laughs> exactly. Like kittens. Sharp really. claws, but really doesn't do too much harm most of the time. You know, like. <laughs> no, I just love him. I think I've convinced Killian to um, be Castiel for Halloween. Not this Halloween because he desperately wants to be a Ninja Turtle. But next Halloween, he is considering yeah. it. So I think. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we uh, cut to the Impala pulling up to kind of a boring looking building. A sign says uh, the Central Municipal Power Corps. Dean says, this is the address? Sam says, yeah. So they go to the door and are about to knock when it opens. Uh, Benjamin is there. He says, if you'll follow me, the commander will see you now. Dean says to Sam, the commander? 
<laughs> so Sam and Dean are led into Cass's command center, which is a large room equipped with like state-of-the-art spy and tracking devices, lots of computers, and there is like a buttload of angels doing some, you know, high-techy Metatron tracking things. <laughs> I think. Stuff. Yeah, they're doing stuff with technology and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin says to Cass, sir, uh, Cass and Dean hug and then Cass and Sam hug, which is pretty cute. Cass says to Benjamin, um, dismissed. So Benji <laughs> leaves uh, to Sam and Dean. Cass says he can be a little stuffy. Dean says, so commander. Cass says, yeah, not my idea. They had no leader and they insisted on following me. Dean says, yeah, no, we get it. You're a rock star. Cass says, Bartholomew is dead. Malachi was murdered by Gadriel, and with Metatron as powerful as he is now, I needed to do something. Sam says, so, this war between angels is really going to happen, huh? Cass says, not if I can find a diplomatic option for getting rid of Metatron. Dean says, good luck with that. Cass says, Dean, this angel on angel violence, it has to end. Someone has to say, enough. Sam says, and that someone is you. Cass says, that brings me to why you're here. We have a prisoner. It's an angel from Metatron's inner circle. I need to know what they're planning, but so far he's revealed nothing. Dean says, so you're done with the rest stuff and you want us to be your goons. Cass says, well, you've had success at these situations before. If you don't want to do it, I understand. Dean says, who says I don't want to do it? <laughs> So we cut to uh, the Humboldt Hotel in Cleveland, Ohio. It's nighttime. Uh, we're in Crowley's suite. He is talking to a table full of demons in a conference room. Crowley says, so here's the thing, boys and girls. We have a crisis. Admittedly, a crisis of my own making. In my extended absence, where I handled sensitive matters of state, Abaddon made inroads into my following, creating chaos. So I look to you, my trusted advisors, to restore confidence, to soothe those to soothe those jangled nerves. Spread the word. The king is back, and the kingdom is once again on sound footing. So all those with me say yo. Uh, but all the demons just kind of look at each other. Then a female a female voice says yo from a doorway. It's Abaddon. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> she says to Crowley, I mean, I'm literally with you, not with you, with you. <laughs> Crowley to his advisors says, you betrayed me? No one in the history of torture has been tortured with torture like the torture you'll be tortured with. Which is quite honestly my favorite Crowley line ever. I, I think that's I, one of my favorites, yeah. Yeah, I know I didn't do it justice because I can't, you know, growl accent like he can but <laughs> it was a beautiful moment so, it was a beautiful moment it was yeah abaddon says relax everyone you did the new queen a solid you are sitting at the popular kids table now crowley let's talk turkey i know you helped the winchesters get their hands on the first blade yes and i'm hearing that one of them also has the mark of cain all bad news since the blade is the one thing that can bring about my crowley says utter destruction Abaddon says, to be indelicate. But here's the thing, pet. Same goes for you. And once I'm gone, who do you think's next on those cute boys' lists? That's right. So let's get real. Join me in taking out the Winchesters and that ridiculous blade, and then we'll deal with each other. Crowley says, to be clear, I'm not joining you ever, except at your death scene, while I shall burst into song. 
Goodbye. You have no hold over me. <laughs> Avedon says, oh, no. Uh, she snaps her fingers and suddenly Gavin McLeod appears. Avedon says, Gavin, honey, say hello to daddy. Crowley says, how did you? Avedon says, I know a spell or two, Crowley. Crowley says, are you mad? This is your big card? The boy and I loathe each other. I made it clear in the past. I don't care what happens to the little bugger. Abaddon says, no, but that was before, wasn't it? See, I know all about your little problem. Binging on blood, going right to the edge of being human. All those human feelings. Crowley says, I'm clean. <laughs> Abaddon <laughs> says, and I'm willing to bet there's a smidgen of humanity in there somewhere. Crowley says, not a chance. So then Abaddon makes a hand gesture and Gavin's eyes begin to bleed, which is a little horrifying. Gavin, Gavin is also horrified and starts screaming. He yells, <laughs> I'm blind. <laughs> Help, I beg you. Crowley says, you know, these ghoulish party tricks don't impress. Seen worse, done worse. Abaddon twitches her raised hand and Gavin bleeds a whole lot more. He says, no. Abaddon says, uh-huh. Gavin says, please. Ah! <laughs> Gavin kind of collapses onto the ground where there is actually a large amount of blood on the ground. Way more than I saw come out of his face. So there's yeah. that. Um, it was progressing quickly. <laughs> it was, yeah. Crowley says, you're playing a weak hand, Red. Abaddon motions her hand again and Gavin's pain increases. He yells, I beg you. Crowley says, you've made your point. Now stop. Abaddon lowers her hand and casually says, sure. Gavin's pain stops. Um, and we cut back to the interrogation room with Sam and Dean and Ezra. Ezra says, you're wasting your time. I have nothing to say. Dean says, we disagree. Ezra says, there's no use torturing me. I am a trained commando. It won't work. Dean says, wow, well, you just asked me to dance. And then Dean goes to stab Ezra right in the face with an angel blade. But Sam says, Dean, Dean, he won't be telling us anything dead. Besides, you know, I'm uh, I'm really starting to realize that he probably doesn't know anything. He was probably just pretending at the bar. Most likely, he's a nobody. I mean, do the math. Ezra here is one of Metatron's elite posse. Really? One of Metatron's Push most trusted. I know, yeah. I like, I like this moment. He says, one of Metatron's most trusted is a... Uh, Hanging out at bars, blabbing about the boss? Does that make any sense? Dean says, well, only if Metatron is purposely surrounding himself with losers. Sam says, exactly, right? Dean says, yeah. Sam says, what's this guy even doing here? Dean says, he's a wannabe. I mean, if he was a key player, he would be up in heaven with Metatron where all the action is. Sam says, exactly. Ezra says, what if I'm a decoy or in deep cover? <laughs> Sam I says, want to be important. I know. <laughs> Sam says, I, it's pathetic. Dean says, mm, probably hasn't even been to heaven. Not since the fall. Sam says, of course not. Ezra says, yes, I have. Sam says, buddy, the gates are sealed. No one can get in. Ezra says, who said anything about gates? You don't need gates when you have a private portal. Sam says, right. If there was a doorway on earth, the angels would have sensed it. Dean says, yeah, you can't hide something like that. Sam says, nope. Ezra says, you can if it moves around from place to place, if it's wherever the boss wants it to be. So we cut back to nee, Crowley. Nee, nee. I know. <laughs> we cut back I to know things. 
He's so douchey, you know? Uh-huh. I know. Okay. okay, so we cut back to Crowley's suite. Gavin says, you are not my father. My father was Fergus McLeod, a simple tailor, a drunk, a monster. Abaddon says, sounds about right. Gavin <laughs> says, he looked nothing like you, and I buried him. Crowley says, a lot can change in 291 years. Gavin says, what? <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but kind of. <laughs> Crowley. Well, where am I? I know what's happening. Crowley. Now when am I? I guess. <laughs> yep. Crowley removes a lampshade uh, and switches the light bulb off and on. And uh, Gavin is perplexed. He goes over to inspect it and asks, "Can you cook a pigeon on it?" Avedon says, <laughs> "Not terribly quick, is he?" She makes a hand gesture, and the curtains concealing the balcony opens up. Gavin walks out onto it and is amazed by all the tall buildings and traffic sounds. Gavin says, holy mother of God, we're amongst the stars. Are we in heaven then? You must be angels. <laughs> yeah. Avedon <laughs> and Crowley together say, wow. So we cut back to the interrogation room. Sam says, I see. I got it. So you heard a rumor about Metatron's secret portal and you decided to run with it. Ezra says, it's not a rumor. He showed me. Dean says, I get it. I get it. He's a fan. Sam says, a fan. Yeah. Dean says, you're a fan. Just because you're hot for Metatron or Bieber or Beckham, just because you know everything about them, doesn't mean that you actually know them. Sam says, or that they even know you exist. Dean says, ooh, that's cold, Sammy. (laughs) Sam says, says, burn. burn. (laughs) Sam says, I'm just saying, man. Ezra says, I was interviewed personally by Metatron for a key post. Sam says, yeah, oh, wow. Well, then, then maybe you can tell me why you weren't at your key post when you were hanging out here instead. Dean says, mm, now that blows. He got passed over. Sam says, yeah. Ezra says, uh, I was a finalist. <laughs> Sam says, oh, man, you get so close and then kick downstairs. It sucks to be you. Ezra says, hardly anybody was chosen, and ground forces is still a very important assignment. It was an honor to have even been considered for the squad. Dean says, what squad? There is no squad. Ezra says, yeah, says you. It's a highly guarded secret. Dean says, oh, and what would you be doing exactly? (laughs) Uh, But Ezra says nothing. Sam says, wait a second. Just please uh, clarify this for me. You desperately wanted this job, but you didn't know what it was? Ezra says, well, until you were chosen, the exact nature the exact nature of the mission was kept a secret. Dean and Sam both say, wow. Ezra says, <laughs> and hardly anyone was chosen. Uh, so Sam and Dean leave the room. Dean says, dim bulb. No wonder he got bumped. Sam <laughs> says, yeah, ground forces, elite secret squad. What's Metatron gearing up for? Dean says, I don't know. Why don't we shove somebody through the back door of heaven and find out? Oh, wait, no, it's portable and can't be found. So we cut back to Crowley's suite. Gavin says, you sold your soul, sold it for an extra three inches of Willy? (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Oh, man. I mean, I just, I, I mean, you can't help but picture that. Um, I would say, like, low blow, <laughs> but also that might be a little too on the nose. <laughs> it's on the nose. I mean, would you really sell your soul? 
I mean, you wouldn't for an extra inch. Let's be real. Three inches. No. I mean, you have to be pretty, pretty wee <laughs> to you know like if you're gonna sell your soul why don't go longer I don't know I just I got questions that I don't really <laughs> answer but kind of I guess it depends here's the what we really need to know is that what he was working with to begin with exactly because exactly. that makes all the difference <laughs> yeah and you know what I'm never gonna do is ask Mark Shepard that question <laughs> no <laughs> And they probably didn't even tell him. You know, it's like, okay, so, like, what do you imagine that Crowley was working with to begin with? You need an extra three inches. Because that seems like it would be either excessive or just not enough. So, like, where are we we going with this? Right, yeah. I need to know. Okay. Crowley says, priorities change. I wasn't the bond. I don't know how to say this word. Vivant? Vivant? V-I-V-A-N-T? Vivant? Vivant? Okay. Maybe. I I I don't remember. I just watched this last night and I I know. I don't remember. Okay. He says, I wasn't the Bond Vivant that I am now. I'll simplify. My soul did a stint in hell where it became demonized. Then I had to possess another person so I could traffic with the living. Any of this sticking? Gavin says, I I can't be consorting with a demon. Crowley says, Not just any demon. I'm the king. The king of hell. And there you were. Worried the old man wouldn't amount to much. So we cut to an angel walking down the hallway to the interrogation room. Um, She unlocks the door only to discover Ezra, who is still bound to the chair, but is now very dead. So we cut to inside Cass's office in the command center. Sam and Dean are there with Cass. Sam says, it's unbelievable. I mean, he was fine when we left him. Dean says, I barely touched the guy. Sam says, still shackled, no weapon. It wasn't suicide. Cass says, no, this was an angel kill. Dean says, okay, well, I'm going to say it. Maybe your operation's been hacked. You know, Metatron's got somebody on the inside. Cass says, I was sure everyone here was loyal, finally united by a common cause. Dean says, well, that's the problem. See, you don't think anybody's lying. I think everybody's lying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust anyone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? Dean says, it's a gift. And then to Sam, he says, let's do some nosing around. So Dean leaves the office, but Cass calls to Sam before he can leave. He says, Sam, you have a moment? Sam says, yeah, what? Cass says, I wanted to ask you about Gadriel, the time he possessed you. Sam says, it's not really something I like to. Cass says, Sam, please. Sam says, he didn't possess me completely. More like we uh, shared housing. I was still me. Cass says, did you ever sense a presence? Sam says, I don't really know what I felt. I mean, maybe that I wasn't completely alone. Cass says, did you ever feel threatened? Sam says, no. More that he, you know, wasn't at rest. Like he had unfinished business. Now that we know more about him, I'd say he felt misunderstood. Cass says, but not not a danger, not hostile. Sam says, no. I was wrong, obviously. He killed Kevin. So we cut back to Crowley's suite. Gavin says, why do I hate you? Crowley <laughs> says, <laughs> Crowley says, I mean, I beat you, starved you, came home drunk, beat you some more, woke up hungover, and yeah, I beat you. In all fairness, I didn't really have any role models. My mother was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If she is lighter than a feather. <laughs> or a duck, not, not a feather, a duck. A duck, yep. 
Anyways. <laughs> uh, Gavin says, I grew up thinking, knowing I was nothing, less than nothing. You worked me harder than the horse. You never let me go to school. To this day, I can't read. Crowley says, it's overrated. Most of Europe couldn't read. You want to read? And then he touches Gavin's forehead. Crowley says, read. Gavin looks at a newspaper and reads, some buccaneers beat the saints. Can this be? I can read. <laughs> Crowley says, king of hell. Plenty of perks. Gavin says, so if you're a king, that would make me prince? Crowley says, and you say I've never given you anything. A title. <laughs> He's like, a title. I've given you a title. You have no idea what it means, but that's fine. Yep. <laughs> You're in league with her now. <laughs> exactly. Kevin says, and if I was to accept you as my father, you could keep me from eternally burning in hell. No matter my sins? Crowley says, You're negotiating with me? That's my boy. Gavin says, <laughs> I knew it could be I, yep. true. <laughs> we Gavin, should like each other. I know. Gavin says, this might work out. For the first time in my entire life, I can see possibilities. A future. Just as soon as you take me back to my own time and I can board that ship for the new world. Crowley says, uh, about that ship. Gavin says, what about the ship? Crowley says, mm, it's not important. To a guard nearby, he says, you can tell Abaddon that I'm ready for that chat. So we cut to a wooded area. It's daytime. Gadriel is being led by, or being led to Castiel uh, by a female angel. Cass says, thank you for coming. And thank you for coming alone. Gadriel says, I've seen you through Sam Winchester's eyes, and he trusts you. You have a reputation for honor. Cass says, in some circles. As for reputations, yours precedes you. Gadriel says, what happened in the garden was not of my doing. Cass says, I know you feel misunderstood and you're eager to redeem yourself and maybe more. Gadriel says, you refer to my support of Metatron's campaign to rebuild heaven. Cass says, your support? You've recruited for him and you've killed for him. And I know you truly believe it's for the greater good, but you've placed your faith in the wrong master. Gadriel says, you don't know him. Cass says, I know him too well, Gadriel. I made the same mistake and it led to the fall. Gadriel says, which led to my second chance. Cass says, this is about more than you. Gadriel says, Castiel, are you suggesting I change loyalties? Cass says, I'm suggesting you reclaim your original loyalty to the heaven and mission we were made to serve. Gadriel says, I thought that was exactly what I was doing. Cass says, you've been deceived. And as bad as you've had it, all those centuries locked away, it will be much worse under Metatron. Gadriel suddenly spots some assassins coming at Cass, so he yells, Castiel! Cass and the female angel, I almost said agent, female angel, <laughs> uh, fight with the assassins, and Gadriel kind of, I don't know if he runs away or whatever, but he's gone. He's out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the female angel is killed, uh, but Cass kills the two assassins. So we cut back to the command center. Dean is sitting down, uh, looking all pensive. He flashes back to Magnus's house. Uh, Magnus says to Dean, give me your hand. That's it. Dean takes the first blade and the mark of King glows. We come back to the present. Dean looks at the mark and then we flash back to Dean holding the blade another time. Sam is saying to him, drop the blade. Dean, Dean. <laughs> uh, back in the present, Sam is trying to get Dean's attention. He says, Dean, Dean, what's wrong with you? You hear your phone? Uh, so Dean answers his ringing phone and says, it's about time. 
where the hell have you been? Crowley, who's on the other line, says, I told you I'd be in touch when I found Abaddon. Well, I'm in touch. Dean says, where are you? Crowley says, first things first, I'll give you the location of the first blade. You two fetch it. I'll keep her in my sights. Then we'll remove her from the payroll for good. We see Crowley look up at Abaddon, who is listening. They seem to be in cahoots. Ha! I've always wanted to say that. Okay. <laughs> I've never done it on my own before. I'm really excited about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we cut to uh, St. Anthony's Cemetery. It's nighttime. Sam and Dean are opening a coffin. They just unburied. There is a... What is this word? Okay. That's two words. There is an awful ass gooey corpse in it. <laughs> Sam is disgusted. He says, "Ah, oh, come on, Crowley. You really, uh, you have to hide the blade in a corpse? Not, not with a corpse, but in a corpse? Dean says, I gotta say, that's not the first place I'd look. All right, here we go. <laughs> I mean, he's like, well, fair. You yeah. Know. <laughs> so suddenly they hear some growling in the distance. Sam says, Dean, do you hear that? Dean says, I'm guessing Hellhound. They hear the growl again, which is closer. Dean says, go, go. So they run and lock themselves behind a gate. Uh, I think they're in like, excuse me, I just burped. Uh, I think they're like in a crypt, right? They're kind of in like yeah, a little, okay. Uh, the hellhound is like growling outside the gate and trying to get in. Um, so Dean calls Crowley on the phone. Crowley says, hello. Dean says, damn it, Crowley, the grave is guarded. Crowley says, like, what that's the heck, <laughs> Yeah. Dean says, a hellhound. Crowley says, no, no, no. She was collected. Dean says, the hell she was. Sam yells, guys. Crowley says, time was. No one would dare disobey the king. Sam yells, guys. Like, hello. (laughs) Dean says, I'm going to put you on speaker. So he does. And then Crowley calls out to the hellhound. He says, Juliet, it's Papa. Stand down. And so she does. (laughs) Maddening. (laughs) Crowley says, you're welcome. So we cut to the boys back at the open grave. Dean cuts open the body stitches from the autopsy on the corpse. He says, all right. I don't think that was an autopsy. I think that was the. Oh, you think that was just Crowley cutting him open Uh, and sewing him back up to put the blade in there. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, uh, Sam says, hey, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe I should do this. Dean says, Sam, it's fine. I can safely grab it without. You know, which I'm just going to giggle at that whole sentence. I know we're talking about the blade, but ha, 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 grab it. Okay. <laughs> um, but Sam pulls up his sleeve and reaches into the corpse and pulls out the first blade. It is, it's... <laughs> it is covered in gore. It is literally dripping and, yeah, very Gooey and like, yeah. yuck. It just reminded me of, this is way too much information, but it was just like, you know, encased in clot goo. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's immediately what I thought. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. uterus stuff. Yeah, okay. Sorry for everybody. <laughs> okay. All right. Dean says, well, let's go kill a night of hell, huh? Sam says, yeah. So we cut to Crowley's suite. Gavin says, what are you talking about? Of course I'm boarding the ship when I go back. I want to go back to my life. Crowley says, it's not a good idea. Gavin says, I'm going to the colonies. I'm working my way across. I've given my word. Crowley says, Gavin, listen to your father. I know what's. But just then, Gavin slams the door to the bedroom, which he's in, but Crowley is outside of. Crowley (laughs) says, best for you. Ugh, kids. 
<laughs> then Crowley's phone rings and he answers. He says, Squirrel, I, uh, what does he say? Oh, okay, sorry. Squirrel, I hope you were nice to your father. Dean, <laughs> driving the Impala, says, What? Shut up. Look, we got the blade. Crowley says, You do. Well, you need to get it here at once. Cleveland, Humboldt Hotel, Penthouse, of course. When you get here, I'll take you to Abaddon. I'll draw her out, and then you can skewer the ignorant hag. Uh, he covers the phone and whispers to Abaddon, who is close by. He says, just selling it. <laughs> Dean, Dean on the phone says, all right, we're on our way. Crowley says, oh, and Dean, you need to get a move on. It's a good day's drive. Sorry, I thought I was missing a word. Okay, I'm going to start that over. Crowley says, oh, and Dean, you need to get a move on. It's a good day's drive from Poughkeepsie. Dean says, what are you talking about? We're not even near there. Crowley says, yeah, like I said, you need to leave Poughkeepsie right away. And they hang up. Sam asks Dean, so we good? Dean says, yeah. But he does not <laughs> tell Sam about the Poughkeepsie, which is annoying. Okay. So yeah. we cut to Crowley's suite. Abaddon says, nice. But here's the thing. You've been plotting with those boys for some time now. When they get here, it'll be you, the Winchesters, the First Blade, and little old me in one place. Now, I don't mind stiff odds, but let's be reasonable. And then Abaddon shoots Crowley in the chest. <laughs> Crowley <laughs> falls onto a chair and can't move. He says, ah, you lost your mind? Abaddon says, little trick I learned from Henry Winchester. The same stunt on me. I had a devil's trap carved into the bullet. You're not seriously damaged, just powerless. So we but also didn't, like, that wasn't from just Henry Winchester. Didn't the boys do that to her earlier? No, I think just Henry did. And then, well, no, because remember when they chopped her head off and she, like, they sewed her back oh, together? Oh, yeah, she had a, she yeah, out of her mouth? yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So that's happened to her more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we cut to a street. Uh, it's daytime. Gadriel and Cass are there. Gadriel says, I had nothing to do with it. I would never have agreed to meet if I thought concealed assassins were going to try and attack you. I hope you know that. Cass says, why are you telling me this? Gadriel says, even though you and I are on opposite sides in this situation, I believe there must be honor, even in matters of war. Cass says, but what happened? Doesn't it prove my point about Metatron? You met with me in good faith, but he lied and he used you to get at me. Gadriel says, Castiel. Cass says, just as poor judgment undid you all those centuries ago, your mistaken trust in Metatron will bring you down again. Gadriel says, I gave him my word. Do you expect me to come make war on him? Cass says, no, not at all. I want you to stay right where you are. Just give me reports on what Metatron is planning and when he will strike. Gadriel says, and the honor we were speaking of? Cass says, obviously, Metatron has someone inside my camp. It's how he knew we were meeting. Just fighting fire with fire. Consider my offer. So we cut to the Impala coming to a stop near the Humboldt Hotel. It's daytime. Uh, Sam and Dean get out of the car. Sam has the first blade. It's all wrapped up in a cloth. Um, <laughs> Sam says, all right, let's do this. Dean says, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a sec. We should give this place a once over before we go up there. Crowley said he thought he saw some demons headed down to the basement. He'd have checked it out himself. But if we got back to Abaddon that he'd been seen, Sam says, when did he say all this? Dean says, on the phone. Look, it might mean that she knows that he's here. Okay. So why don't you check out the basement? I'll uh, take a look on the main floor. And Dean quickly takes a blade from Sam and they separate. Uh, a few minutes later, Dean enters Crowley's suite. 
Uh, Crowley is still stuck in the chair. He says, hello, Dean. Love the crazy bloodlust in your eyes. Let's not waste time. I'll take you to Abaddon. It's not far. Crowley suddenly looks to his side where a demon comes running at Dean. Um, Dean quickly kills the demon, uh, only to be pinned to the wall by an invisible force. Abaddon walks into the room and says, a boy in his blade. And still, <laughs> no match for the new queen. Uh, we get a brief shot of Sam in the basement of the hotel, finding nothing suspicious. And then we're back in the hotel suite. Um, Abaddon says, so, first, you'll die, painfully. And then Crowley will watch his son die, ditto, and then the king himself. And blade destroyed. That's quite a to-do list. Dean, uh, with a mark of cane burning brightly through his jacket, uh, struggles to get free from Abaddon's hold. He slowly manages to, and then kind of walks towards uh, Abaddon like he's walking against a strong wind. Uh, Abaddon struggles to keep... <laughs> I'm sorry, you said strong wind, and I immediately went to passing gas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's farting here, but, you know. No. <laughs> you never, no, I mean, they're all struggling, so... You know, it's got other things on their mind. Who knows what their body's doing? Okay. Um, so Abaddon like struggles <laughs> to keep Dean away and eventually manages to pin him to the wall again. And she laughs as he drops the blade on the ground. Dean uh, concentrates on the first blade and it begins to move towards him. Uh, finally, the blade flies into Dean's hand and he is able to get off the wall. Uh, then Sam enters the room. And Dean advances on Abaddon, who tries to use her powers on him, but it does nothing. I also want to note that there is still a strong wind happening. And I know because Ham, Sam, Ham, <laughs> Sam's hair kind of flutters in the wind, which I thought was Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So he's, Dean, he's having a Maybelline moment. He is. He's got such pretty hair. <laughs> uh, Dean finally reaches Abaddon and stabs her in the stomach with the first blade, which lifts her off the ground. Abaddon screams as red energy like runs through her body and she falls to the ground dead. Uh, Dean kneels. Bye bye, bitchy. I know, right? <laughs> you die now. Okay. So, <laughs> Dean uh, is like raging out and he kneels down and uncontrollably starts stabbing Abaddon's dead body over and over, uh, which is alarming. Uh, yeah. Sam says, like, Dean, dude, once is enough, you know? Like, <laughs> She's dead. You're just, you're, what? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Sam says, Dean, Dean, stop. You can stop. Dean drops the blade and stares at it and his hands in shock as Sam and Crowley do the same. Uh, Crowley, uh, we cut to a few minutes later. Crowley is removing the bullet from his shoulder with a large knife. He complains, you could at least help me with this. Sam says, we didn't kill you, Crowley, even though it would have been very easy. Isn't that enough? Crowley says, you owe me. Do I get no credit for warning you this was a trap? Sam looks confused. Crowley says, Poughkeepsie, ring a bell? Sam and Dean say nothing. Crowley says, I sense drama. <laughs> Dean says, I just still can't get over the fact that Crowley has a son. How's he doing, by the way? Crowley finally pulls out the bullet and says, ow, how do you think? Dean says, you get that he's got to go back, right? To his own time? Crowley says, if the lad goes back, his destiny is to board a ship bound for America. That ship went down in a storm. All hands were lost. He had one chance in this world to change his life. He want all that to end in tragedy? Dean says, well, I don't know what to tell you. Them's the rules. He goes back. 
Sam says, the lore all says the same thing. You change any one thing in the past, the ripple effect impacts everything that follows. Crowley says, please, no one bends the rules like you two bend the rules. He's one misfit, blah, blah, blah. He's one misfit kid. He impacts no one. Sam says, you don't bend that rule, okay? You don't. We'll take him back to the bunker, figure out the spell. That's the way it's got to be. Crowley says, can I at least say goodbye? I'll cheer the day when the last trace of humanity leaves me. Ugh, feelings. (laughs) 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 Crowley goes into the bedroom where Gavin is waiting. After a moment, Crowley, like, magically closes the doors. Sam and Dean rush to open the door and find that the room is empty. Dean says, damn it, Crowley. So we cut to a field somewhere. It's daytime. Mm -hmm. Gavin says, the ship went down. Well, that's a good fit with the rest of my life. (laughs) Crowley says, mustn't snivel, Gavin. It might fit the old life. This one could be different. Gavin says, I don't know the first thing about the 21st century. Crowley says, you'll be fine. Just avoid cheap whiskey and cheap hookers. Look at me, getting all fatherly. Gavin says. He's like, I do things. <laughs> proud of himself. Gavin says, so this is goodbye then. Crowley says, yes, forever. Unless, of course, I catch you smoking. In which case, I'll smack you stupid. Gavin like, says, of all the things, you're uh, a demon. What do you care about smoking? You know? I know, right? Gavin says. Unless you meant smoking at, but no, you know, that can't be right. Cause, like, no, I don't think so, yeah. Whatever. I know. Uh, Gavin goes in for a hug, but Crowley stops him. He says, whoa, whoa, easy, easy. As you were. <laughs> Goodbye, Gavin. Oh, uh, don't go mentioning that whole Prince of Hell thing. It doesn't play too well in most circles. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean driving. It's nighttime now. Dean says, I didn't tell you about the warning because I knew exactly what you would do. You would make sure that you are right alongside me in that room. Sam says, you mean like we always do? Because we're actually partners in this and we watch each other's backs? Dean says, I don't expect you to understand. Sam says, try me. Dean says, first time I touched that blade, I knew. I knew that I wouldn't be stopped. I knew that I would take down Abaddon and anything else if I had to. And it wasn't a hero thing. You know, it wasn't. It was just calm. I knew. And I had to go it alone, Sammy. Sam says, oh, of course. So it was just another time where you had to protect me. Dean says, you could have gotten nabbed by Abaddon, and she could have bargained her way out. We couldn't afford to screw this up. Sam says, look, I'm glad it worked out, okay? I am. And I'm glad the blade the blade gives you strength or calm or whatever. But Dean, got to say, I'm starting to think the blade is doing something else, too. Dean says, yeah, like what? Sam says, I don't know, like something to you. Look, I'm thinking until we know for sure that we're going to kill off Crowley, why don't we store the blade somewhere distant? Lock it up somewhere safe, okay? Dean stares stoically at the road in front of him and finally says, no. And credits. Okay, so my single solitary thought (laughs) is that, okay, so you know when they're, like, digging the first blade out of the dead guy and there's, like, all that goo? It kind of reminds me of, like, um, the scene in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie where, like, the Kraken, like, spits uh, uh, Captain Jack's hat back at him and he, like, picks it up and he's got to, like, wave all the goo off of it, you know? Uh, I I don't think I saw that one, to be honest with you, because that doesn't sound familiar. You've talked about that one a few times, and I I don't think I saw that one, or at least I didn't see that part of that one. I think it was the... 
Because I, I definitely haven't seen them all. Third? No. I know I saw I the think first it was the two. third one. I think okay, it was yeah. the third one. Because then in the fourth one... Because uh, it wasn't... It definitely wasn't... Yeah, I think it was the third one. Because the fourth one has stuff that happens in it that didn't happen in the fifth one. <laughs> so, and that would have to be after, because that's like the end of one of the movies is okay. like that happening. So okay. yeah, that was, I'm going to go with that was the third one. <laughs> okay. That makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah. I still think it looked a little too menstrual for my liking. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, yeah. like, mm, it was like, I think a girl designed this, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but well, whatever. Thing is, if it was like, <sighs> If it was a dead body, it would not be that, like, sticky, you know? Like, it would be, like, watery, smelly, you know, like, like, bloody, drippy stuff. But, like, I don't think, I mean, granted, I don't know, but, like, I don't think it would be that, like, gooey. Especially if somebody was, like, embalmed or something, because at that point, they, like, flush all the goo out of them. So, like... Yeah, I don't, Which, know. I don't know how much, like, I mean, I guess it depends on if they did a viewing with the casket or not, you know? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, I don't it, know. That just, none of it seemed right to me. But <laughs> it was different gross. reasons. You it know? did have, yeah, it did have the right, you know, this is disgusting vibe to it, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that was the only, I was kind of like, it didn't quite seem right, and it was very much like, you know, Kraken-esque. Yeah. Kraken-goo-esque, I guess. <laughs> part of the Caribbean, which I thought was kind of funny. That's pretty um, good. But yeah, way too slimy. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite moment from this episode? Um, well, there was a few moments that I quite liked. Uh, my favorite one has to be Crowley's little torture threat. Um, yeah, just because that is like one of his like classic best lines, you know, everyone yeah. knows that lineup, you know, the no one in the history of torture has been tortured with the torture that you'll be tortured with. I'm sure I missed a torture in there, but like, no, I think know. you got it. Oh, wow. I've never even tried that before. OK. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I just thought that was a brilliant line and he just like nailed it it was so funny really well yeah so I loved I loved that I really liked the scenes too where Sam and Dean were like interrogating I guess Ezra you know just Mm -hmm. that was that was a pretty fun dynamic and we don't often see Sam and Dean go that route when they're trying to get him yeah So that was just oh, like, he doesn't know anything. They're yeah. more like, do it or you get stabby stabby. You know, like <laughs> exactly. Like it was, it was fun to see. I mean, not that I enjoy seeing them like belittle someone like that, but like it was just a just a different tactic. Obviously, worked on that guy because he was such a douche nugget. You know, but like yeah, uh, they so used it was just, ego against him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it worked well, and it was just it was just kind of fun to see them do something different. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Anyway, what was your yeah. favorite moment? Um, I have two. <laughs> One was like the light bulb situation, and you know, Gavin's like, "Can you cook a pigeon on it?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Why are you? All right, do do they eat pigeons? Is pigeon like a food people eat? I mean, back then, yeah. Yeah. You okay. ate what you could get, right? I so guess, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, 
And then the when he's like, you sold your soul for an extra three inches of Willie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and Carly's like, baffled. Yeah. Like, clearly yeah. he doesn't have this problem, you know. <laughs> he's like, why would you need to do that, you know? Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Like, I still have lots of questions about that Willie, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 And I bet you anything that like. With his, like, possession situation, like, where he's deciding who to possess, he probably Please. picked someone who didn't have that problem, I would assume. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's, like, one of his biggest insecurities. Like, yeah, you're right. Situation. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense. I mean, if that was me, you know, and I had those insecurities, I would make sure that my next yeah. body didn't have that problem, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. Because you could just get whatever body you want. You might as well get a donkey, I you mean, know, like, <laughs> shop around, man, you know, like, <laughs> uh, all right. I can only imagine that the process leading up to this was Crowley, like, like, wandering around as, like, a demon or whatever, and, like, checking people out as they're going to the bathroom, like, <laughs> showering, or, like, whatever, yeah. like, the creepy perv demon, like, you know, like, that's, when yeah. do I watch, you know? like Yeah, I could totally see him doing that. That's great. I love it. He's shocked by that. You know, uh-huh. that, was that was his, like, I'm going to go by, like, that more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, well, you think about it. Like, if you could just, you know, be in any body you want to be, you'd probably pick up one that you liked, right? I mean, oh, yeah. that had the, the features that you yourself lack or are insecure about, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, at that point, would he even care, though? Because he's a demon. So, yeah, like, whatever. Like, but I feel like if he still is like, this is what I did to get to this point. <laughs> right. He probably, he probably would still, you know, linger on that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <Very least. laughs> I think so, too. But, yeah. So, uh, there's that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, our interesting facts, um, it's, uh, the first one is Crowley learned the meaning of Poughkeepsie as a warning in season nine, episode 10, um, which was road trip. Um, uh, it says the caller ID for Crowley on Dean's phone is 666. He doesn't even have him saved as Crowley. He's saved as 666. <laughs> That's really weird, I think. Just because there's so many demons. Not that they talk to so many demons, but like... Yeah. Like, I mean, who that, else is he going to talk to? That's true. I mean, who else does he have his phone number for? Like, yeah. if it was me and I knew all the demons, like, I would probably save 666 for, you know, Satan. But like, yeah, I realize like, they're not, you know... That's a Lucy thing, you know? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so I guess that's just the the constant, you know, I got this guy's phone number, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. Or, like, maybe that's, he doesn't have it saved, and maybe that's just his number, because he's in hell, right, is 666. Yeah, that that could be. That could be, too. Yeah, that could be. Because doesn't it... You know what I, that reminds me? Huh? Hasn't he gotten calls, or hasn't Sam gotten calls from Crowley before, too? At this I point, can't, I'm sure he has, but I don't remember. And wasn't it 666 as well? So it I'm must just sure. be his phone number. <laughs> yeah, maybe it just shows up like on my phone where it says like spam risk, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say like back when, um, you know, older, older style flip phones, someone's barking. Is someone there? Is, do you think yeah. Travis is on? 
I Travis must be home. Hey. Enough. Lay down. But like, but Daddy's home. I don't hear anything, but that doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't hear it last time that happened either. Yeah. Come here. Maisie, come here. Good girl. Sit down. Sit down. <clears throat> Lay down. Good girl. Oh, she goes, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. Okay, so I was going to say, what that reminds me of the 666 thing is um, when, you know, back when there was like flip phones and like you didn't have like a keypad like on your screen. It was like physical keys, you know, like the yeah. number pad and you had to like hit one button a bunch of times to get to the right, you know, letter uh-huh. to type something out. Um, What was that called? I, like T9 or something like that? I don't know. Um, T9. Um. Yeah, T9 was the one that you had to, like, like you had hit to the hit, button a bunch of times, yeah. Yeah, to get to the right Because then there's, letter. like, after that, they kind of went more to, like, the keyboard style, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, because, you know, I put my mom's phone number in my phone and label it mom because mm-hmm. of the way the buttons were to, to type out mom to, like, search for her phone number, you hit mm-hmm. 666. And yeah. I just really enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I just liked that a lot. That made me happy. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all yeah that would uh-huh. be that would be an entertaining thing <laughs> yeah. i bet a lot of people felt that way yeah especially as a teenager <laughs> yeah well yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um so the next fact it says at the beginning of the episode gavin is seen unscrewing a bottle top uh the bottle appears to have threads on the outside of the top um, after taking a drink, he then rescrews the top onto the bottle. Um, this occurs in the year 1723. Uh, screw tops for bottles weren't invented until the mid-1800s, and even then, the bottle threads were on the inside of the bottles, not on the outside of the bottles. Oh, well. I know. But somebody clearly noticed. And was <laughs> Somebody mixed. is a history okay. buff and, yeah. like... Oh, you froze for a second. Oh, I can hear you. I, I don't think I said anything. I think I just said, oh, well. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. That's fine. Okay. It, yeah, it just kind of, like, stalled out for a second, so I wasn't sure if you, like, said something or if it just, like, you know, did a weird yeah. thing. Anyways. Okay. Um, so, it says, this episode has the first appearance of Gavin, uh, Crowley's son, played by Theo Devaney. Um, the character previously appeared in uh, Weekend at Bobby's, um, played by Adam Groves, um, reasons for the change are unclear. In season six, uh, Bobby brings Gavin back to use him as leverage against Crowley so that Bobby can get his soul back. See, I mean, I vaguely remember that, but I never thought that it was a different actor. I wonder if they're very similar looking or if they my brain similar looking. or if my brain is just like, yeah, this is him, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. So honestly, like, okay. it was so long ago that I couldn't even tell you what he looked like. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have no idea. Okay. Um, it says it's the final appearance of Elena Huffman as Abaddon, um, which I like that actress. I think she's pretty cool. So She is cool. I like her a lot. And she's been in so many different things, and everything she's in, she she just looks so different and I follow her on Instagram and even like her look changes for whatever role she's doing, you know, she's yeah. such a chameleon like, and it's, she it's, changes her hair, especially a yeah, lot just on her own. I think. And she, yeah. And she's, I mean, she's gorgeous and funny mm-hmm. and yeah, I just everything she does, it looks good. So it doesn't even matter, you know? Right. Yeah. And I feel like she's just getting younger. Like, I don't know. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah bit of a, a a woman crush on her, so I like her. I mean, yeah. it's a good one to have a crush on. It know? is, yeah, yeah. So okay. Um. Uh, the last one, it says the scene where Dean drops the blade and it magically returns to his outstretched hand is reminiscent of an important scene in Star Wars, um, The Empire Strikes Back, where Luke uses the force to, uh, retrieve his dropped lightsaber, um, or a reference to Thor and his hammer, um, in the movie Thor, when, um, he that possesses the power of Thor be worthy, um, Thor is able to hold out his hand and the hammer flies to it, um, it says uh, the Supernatural series has had a few references to Norse mythology or Odin or I'm not or I'm going to go with is what they wanted to put uh, <laughs> with Odin, Loki um, and Thor. Mm-hmm. Oh. I tried a similar thing one time. Surprisingly, it didn't work. But um, <laughs> here's what happened. I was on the toilet <laughs> as you are. And yeah. um, so. When Killian, you know, sits on the toilet, he just, I don't know what he does. Anything within hand's reach, he ends up on the floor away from where he is. So, yeah. and then he leaves it there because he's a child and we're working mm-hmm. on it. Okay, we're working on it. So, <laughs> you don't um, need to trash it just yeah, because you're there. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I was in a hurry and I didn't really look to see where everything was before I sat down. And then by the time I needed, like, the butt wipes, like, oh, they weren't within reach. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. So I, I tried. I was like, do I have the power? And I didn't. Yeah. No. Yeah. But no. I thought I'd give it a go. Yeah. Know? I mean, you might as well try. <laughs> worse. I mean, worse comes to worse. It doesn't work, which is what you know is going to happen. But hey, I, I was really surprised. <laughs> and I was like, let's just check. I haven't checked in a while. You know, I do know. I have this power? I don't know. So yeah. maybe it has developed over. <laughs> I know. I know. It's almost time to check again. So I'll keep you updated. I know. I mean, I should check. I haven't done that in really a while either. I mean, you always, everybody's done it. Even if you say you haven't, you have. You're just you like, have. just like, if I just think about it hard enough, it'll like come over here, even just yep. a little bit enough to where I can like, you know, grab it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Doesn't work. But if that is a power that you possess, let me know because I'm interested. I want to know. I know. Maybe uh, shoot us an email. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell us what's happening because I need to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so our research for this week um, is, I mean, of course we go to Scotland because like we have to, you know? We have to, yeah. And I feel like other than the one other episode, I mean, and I think in the last episode that had anything to do with Scotland in it, which was I think the last one that um, uh, Gavin was mentioned too. Um, there was I think we said something at that point where we're like oh we're never going to Scotland again so we have to do it and here we are so (laughs) Eh, I think it does happen in the future briefly in Scotland one particular thing that I'm thinking of somebody else that you go back in time okay well we will remember that we remembered (laughs) (laughs) we will remember that we remembered and not and not double down on yeah okay all right that's okay anyways we'll probably do something more specific next time um but anyways so (laughs) this is off of uh theculturetrip.com and it's the creepiest haunted places in scotland i like it 
Um, it says, Scotland has been long associated with supernatural specters, and ghost sightings and strange happenings have been reported across the country. Um, from Stirling Castle to the old Tay Bridge, um, we rounded up some of the most haunted spots for you to visit, if you dare, the next time you're north of the border. Which I'm guessing this is somebody who is from England who is writing this. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, so this, the first one is Greyfriars Kirkyard. Um, it says, described as one of the scariest places on Earth and Scotland's most haunted cemetery. Um, this ancient resting place also contains the Covenanter's prison um, and the tombstone of Thomas Riddle Esquire, um, the real inspiration behind a famous Harry Potter villain, Voldemort. Holy balls! We gotta go to Scotland, yo! I know, right? I'll yeah. go to Scotland. Let's go. Let's I'm figure this out. On it. I would love to go to Scotland and <laughs> Ireland and, you know, all of the UK. So Yeah, we should we do it. My parents did a tour at one point they were gone for like a month or something like that and they like you know they they kind of did like a you know I think it was like England to maybe Scotland to Wales to I don't know I don't remember what exactly like the order was or like even all the places that they saw because it was a while back but uh, that'd be kind of cool to do something like that I have always wanted to go there, like always. So yeah, I would. I would. Eric got to um, go to his mom took him, just the two of them, to Ireland when he graduated high school, and they mm-hmm. like horseback, you know, across. And he just, mm-hmm. yeah, like the pictures are amazing. He had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. I like looking at the pictures because he's wearing chaps. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, 18 year old Eric Buttons, good times. So, is that creepy? I'm sorry. I mean, he's my husband. I can talk I about mean, it. It's stuff. fine. Whatever. Okay. If he you was were, an if adult. You him at that point, you'd probably think the same thing. So, I would have. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to the UK. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We'll have to plan that at some point. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, It says, perhaps the most irking of all is the Mackenzie poltergeist, uh, the benevolent spirit of Sir George Mackenzie, who has left people on ghost tours, passed out, scratched, bruised, and severely shaken. Um, The tale goes that Bloody Mackenzie's poltergeist was um, unleashed after a homeless man broke into his tomb one frigid night looking for shelter and has played havoc ever since. What a dick, man. That guy just needed some shelter. I know, right? You don't like, have to get all poltergeisty. I know. I mean, but also, like, you couldn't find any place to, like, go to other than a tomb, you know? Like, Maybe not, you know? Maybe I mean, it I was, guess. Maybe it was just, you know, too windy for an umbrella situation, or who knows? Lots could happen I in mean, a graveyard. I Scotland, and, you know, generally the UK has weather kind of like here, which is... Right, not good. So, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, like, eh, okay, fair. But, I like, mean, I don't know. If it were me, like, I would steer clear of the cemeteries and find literally anything else. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love cemeteries. I mean, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, who? I mean, if, the, if that was just, like, a dumb teenager, like, wandering in because they were shit-faced and was, like, you know, peeing everywhere and throwing shit around, like, sure, you can poltergeist his ass. But, like, if he was just, like, you know, trying to, you know, not get wet or whatever and yeah. just being, I don't know. Anyway, who knows? Who knows what the yeah. scenario was? But yeah, <laughs> I just don't think that's enough reason to get all polter- poltergeisty. But 
No. Yeah, probably not. But I mean, some people are just bitter like that. So, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, So the next one is Colzine Castle. I'm not sure if I said that right, but there's that. Um, It says uh, behind the grand facade of Colzine Castle hides a plethora of paranormal activity. Um, Lurking atop sea-battered cliffs, the castle has historical ties with the famous Kennedy family, but is better known for its spectral residence. Um, On stormy nights, a shrill cacophony of ghostly bagpipes can be heard echoing against the crash (laughs) of nearby waves. That's scary. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like bagpipes in the wind, no thanks. Um, (laughs) I do appreciate bagpipes. Like, I think the music is kind of fun, but like, wouldn't want to hear it in that sort of way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It says uh, numerous apparitions have also been reported, including a lady in a ball gown, um, a hazy mist, and a servant girl who was mistreated. Um, Colzine Castle is also featured in the cult horror classic The Wicker Man. Oh, I, no, I did not see either version of that movie, so. Yeah. Mm, okay. um, I haven't heard of it, but I feel like it would be a perfect, like, horror movie setup with, like, you know, the waves on the cliffs and the, like eerie foggy you know like oh yeah absolutely. i could see where they would do that yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um the next one is uh culloden moor which yay outlander um <laughs> okay <laughs> so it says on the 16th of april 1746 culloden moor near inverness uh bore witness to one of the history's bloodiest battles between government forces and the bonnie prince charles um, this brief yet gruesome battle demolished the soul-sunken Jacobite army um, and the many Scottish clans who fought for them. Uh, this somber spot today has been reported as haunted by multiple sources, including Outlander author Diana Gabaldon, um, who is reduced to tears by the presence of the fallen when visiting the battle site. Um, some hear sword class- clashes and painful cries, while others set eyes on a Highland warrior or injured cadavers. Um, either way, the lingering bloodshed and pain from the battle are evident in the area today. And, you know, like, I would like to think, I mean, from what I've heard, um, Outlander, so the author did a lot of research um, on all of the historical stuff so she could keep it accurate or as accurate as she could. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, the stuff that happens in there is pretty, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. not, not so good sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like lots and lots, like pretty much from what ha- like pretty much what happened was that, you know, Prince Charles went to go and like try and retake the throne or whatever. He was, you know, I'm the rightful heir or whatever. And like got completely wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like, Pretty much everybody on his side died. Like, okay. And so, and those that didn't die were found and then unalive, you know, like, got it. Okay. In some form or another, you know. Yeah. Um, at least if you go by, you know, what I kind of know through, like, you know, just like briefly looking at stuff and, you know, Outlander and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like, very, very brutal, a lot of it. Um, and nobody really survived. So, you know, I could see where that would be a very, very haunted spot because it was like mass yuck. Yeah. Uh, So, 
anyways um the next one is how do you see this scale house is s-k-a-i-l-l i'm gonna go with scale okay I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it says the fact that Scale House was constructed within such close distance to the grounds of Orkney's own Scarabray, uh, the most complete Neolithic settlement in Europe, also known as the Scottish Pompeii, um, gives some inkling as to why it has such an abundance of ghostly reports and sightings. Several skeletons have been found under the floorboards of the historical house um, with their identities not always known. <laughs> Um, over That's the years, crazy. an almost unfathomable number of spooky occurrences have been reported by guests to the eerie grounds. Hmm. Um, the next one is uh, Stirling Castle. Um, it says, although a great number of Scotland's castles are deemed haunted, Edinburgh, um, Eileen, Donan, and Craith's included, um, Stirling is up there with the best of them. Uh, architectural and historical significance aside, an eerie amount of paranormal activity is locked within these ancient walls. From the ghost of the Green Lady, a said servant of Mary, Queen of Scots, to a supernatural Highlander adorned in full Highland garb. Take me, Jamie. <laughs> That's what that <laughs> situation is. You know whoever it is probably likes Outlander because this is like... Yeah. So that, also, that's another thing that like um, happens in the Outlander. It's like you see like a apparition of like what one could assume is Jamie. I mean, they don't tell, I mean, at least as far into Outlander as I am, we don't know who it is, but like, okay. you know, see like a, in a, during a storm, there's like the figure of a guy dressed in complete, like, you know, kilt to everything, you know, yeah. from like back in the day. And then like all of a sudden he's gone. But anyways, okay. um, so anyways, uh, it says there are countless reports of tourists, asking him questions, having mistaken him for a tour guide before seeing his form diminish and disappear. Uh. Um, the next one is Craith's Castle. Um, it says Craith's Castle near the city of Aberdeen is famed for the mysterious Green Lady, um, one of Scotland's best known specters. Um, seen throughout the lifetime of this castle or of the castle and recently said to have been caught on camera, uh, the Green Lady has stalked the long halls for centuries. Uh, during a renovation of the grounds and buildings, a child's skeleton was found buried under the fireplace with no yeah. one being able to discover her identity. Um, today, the castle is open to the public and, outside of its ghostly past, has plenty uh, to offer for its guests. Hmm. That's sad. Um, the next one is the Eileen Donan Castle. Um, I don't know if I said that right, but it says um, definitely one of the eeriest places on the list. The Eileen Donan Castle has stood in place since the 13th century and has been the site of some notable historical events. Uh, Part of the castle's grisly past includes the capture, murder and decapitation of 46 Spanish Spanish soldiers. That was a hard one to spit out. (laughs) Too many S's in there Um, during the first Jacobite rebellion. Um, they are now said to stock the castle walls and corridors. Uh, the castle can now be hired for weddings and weekends away, although the guests may get more than they bargained for. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome place to have your wedding. Wow. I mean, not to disrespect all those deaths, of course, but like, yeah. you know, like that would, that would be, I would I love mean, to have a haunted wedding. It, yeah. The picture of it on here is like, it's like near water and hills and like this like cool old castle. Like that'd be a cool, like set up. I mean, just for pictures alone, like not even yeah. like. 
to, I mean, just to go there and take pictures in general would be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Macy just was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the next one is the Dunatar Castle. Um, it says this now ruined castle was once the seat of the Earl's, uh, Mary Shaw, uh, um, a very notable family in Scotland, but is now home to several supernatural residents. Uh, the castle has a long and bloody past being the scene of several ruthless battles and the setting for the horrific imprisonment of 180 men, women, and children in what is now known as the Wigs Vault. Um, like W H I G S. Okay. Not like hair wig. <laughs> um, I was like, there's a vault of wigs there. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, it says the castle is said to be haunted uh, by a tartan wearing woman and a possible Viking raider. Um, and during the dead of night, it said that the screams and cries of the formal prisoner or former, not formal, <laughs> the former prisoners can be heard echoing around the empty walls. Open to visitors, the grounds offer picturesque views across the Scottish coast and some wonderful photo opportunities. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> um, the next one is the Old Tay Bridge. It says, the setting of one of the biggest engineering disasters in the 19th century, when a train carrying 75 passengers fell from the bridge into the icy waters below, mm. the Old Tay Bridge is said to host the spectral locomotive once a year on the anniversary of its crash. Um, deep in December, um, on a cold, still night, visitors to the bridge can allegedly hear the rumble of the train as the bridge around it collapses, as well as the screams of its passengers as they head into the dark abyss. Oh, that's terrifying, man. That would just, can you imagine how, ugh. Like, hearing all that? And, like, no, why I mean, would you, you know, want to hear that? No, you wouldn't. Well, I, no, can you imagine being on that train, like, that oh, yeah. guy? You know, like, that would just yeah. be, what a shitty, terrifying Way to go, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I I just hope that whenever I go, it's not something that I, like, you know, if it's, a like, a car accident or something, you know, like, I hope that it's quick and I don't, like, I'm not, like, falling off a cliff for a really long time just thinking about it, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, just, like, I don't, I don't want to have any terror with it. Like, if it could be quick and painless, great. If yeah. I have to feel some pain. Can it just not be terrifying also? Yeah. Like, like be in pain and then die. Or, you know, like, that's the the thing is, like, I don't want to, like, be able to, like, I suppose the terror of anything happening. Right. And I suppose the terror might kind of, you know, distract you from the pain, you know? So Mm -hmm. maybe you wouldn't be, like, equally feeling both of those. But, like... Yeah, no, I don't want to feel, t- I could just feel terror all on my own, in my own head. I don't need to, yeah. you know, I don't need to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with yep. you. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, the next one is St. Andrew's Cathedral. Um, it says, uh, once the biggest medieval church in Scotland, uh, St. Andrew's in Fife is home to a multitude of spooky, spooky, of spooky <laughs> tales. <laughs> and ghostly appearances. Um, Although the town is known for its famous golf course, um, its ruined cathedral is said to be one of the most haunted places in the country. The White Lady, one of the most uh, famous St. Andrew's ghosts, is said to haunt the main tower where she died of a broken heart and to fill those that look upon her with a tremendous sense of dread. So kind of like a white woman, maybe? Yeah, a woman in white, yeah. Yeah, a woman in white, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's Scotland. 
so <laughs> I definitely want to go. We're going to go on a haunted tour of the UK. I I know you haven't agreed to this, but that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I just don't want to like be sleeping in any place that's haunted. That's the thing. Okay. Like I don't mind doing like some like okay, when I was in England um specifically London, um we did like a ghost walk thing you know yeah, yeah. but it was like five o'clock at night so still light outside and mm-hmm. you know like again their weather is similar to ours right so like it was normally during like the winter months and like you know other than summer it's like dark at that time and they're like yeah not gonna lie this tour is better in the winter when it's like dark outside and like you're going through like alleys and like mm-hmm. to these different places and like is definitely better then but it was still like it was interesting they're talking about like there's this like square that like um bloody mary used to like you know oh yeah yeah get I there and watch people get like hung drawn and quartered and you know yeah. they're like you know you go past this old place that used to be like a lunatic asylum where like the elevator takes you straight down to the bottom all the time no matter where you go and you have to like call somebody to come down into the scary basement and let you out because it like locks you in there and takes you down to the bottom and like you know all these different things which is like okay you know like it's kind of interesting but it definitely would have like had more of a oomph to it if it was like (laughs) if it was dark (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) so you know so what I'm hearing from you is that you've agreed to a haunted UK tour as long as we don't sleep somewhere haunted. Yes? Here's the thing, though, is that if we do a UK tour, Travis and Eric are going to want to go. Oh, of course. And we're not going to do just haunted things. We're just also going to do haunted things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But this means that after four years of trying, I'm wearing you down. And I am excited about this. I never said anything against going to haunted places. You did, Except for when I have to, like, you know, be sitting in a chair that's spinning around or that, like, I'm not going to do that sort of stuff. Okay, I am. Yeah. Like, the cheesy ghost haunting things. Like, I'm not going to go, like, randomly wander into a castle at night by myself, which who knows, like, what's in there. Also, I mean, and just as a fact of, like, hey this could not be very sturdy anymore, you know, like, I could die doing this, you know. I don't want to go to anywhere where I'm going to, you know, fall through the rotted floor and break bones. No, you know, but like, yeah, I want to go see some haunted shit. And that's fine if it's during the day, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was going to go to the haunted museum with you if it was going to be like, you know, when I was there, but. Yeah, we're going there again. I mean, I don't know when, there's no plans to, but like, that's what's happening (laughs) and you're going to come. And yeah. you're going to hold my hand while we run through the clown room. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, as long as it's not a butterfly room. <laughs> thank God there was no butterfly room, or that would have been crossing the line for me. I know. <laughs> I can yeah. deal with clowns. I can't deal with butterflies. Uh, God. Uh, I don't like clowns, but I can deal with them more than I can deal with flying insects. <laughs> yeah. So just in case you were unaware, right now we were talking about Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in Las Vegas. Um, and they do have a clown area. I think they called it the Fun House, where they do have lots of clown mannequins and lots of clown people pretending to be mannequins so that they can jump scare you like in haunted attractions around Halloween. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was a big fuck. No, like I, I was with <laughs> my aunt Kelly and I just, I just like crouched behind her and we scurried through it. She had her hands, her hands behind her back that I was holding on. And I like, just, I was just like head down and just going, go, 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 go. <laughs> so I saw nothing. I saw nothing in there. I have no idea what happened in there, but I just, no, no. <laughs> See, for me, if people, like, I'm a flailer, and so if somebody were to, like, jump out at me, I might, like, not on purpose, but, like, and totally on accident, just, like, flail and smack them, you know, like, which yeah, you're they not have supposed a, to do You're not supposed situations. to do, yeah. Usually so, you like, have to sign something that says, I will not hit the people who work here. Yeah, you know? and, which means that, like, I'm going to need somebody in front of me and in back of me. So if I do, like, jump and flail, I, like, you know, accidentally, like, smack somebody that I'm with instead of... <laughs> <laughs> you know like smacking somebody across the face or whatever yeah you know, like I don't know like mostly for their protection <laughs> yeah I got it yeah it was a cool place I would definitely yeah I'm gonna go again you're gonna come yeah yeah at some point so I've kind of like out of the couple the last couple times I've like been to Vegas I kind of have just I don't know I've like come up with like this list of things that I want to like do at some point um mm-hmm. and one of them is the bodies exhibit because like that's cool it's cool it is also cool. Yeah, kind of weird there. but cool you know like not it wasn't over the top though you know what I mean it was no. very interesting and very like you know sciencey as opposed to like you know gratuitously gross you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. no there so. I mean it's definitely like you know a medical more yeah. thing from what I've been told than anything else so I want to do that um, I, I mean, like, I'll do the Haunted Museum. It doesn't, like, if somebody else is doing it, like, I'll go with them, but I'm not going to, like, do it on, like, of my own accord, necessarily. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I kind of want to, like, investigate Vegas, because, like, we did some mm-hmm. investigation while we were there last, but, like, not a lot, you know, because we didn't yeah. have time. We were doing other stuff, which is, you know, totally fine. Um, but I still haven't had, like, a just wander Vegas and like a do Vegas sort of trip because even for my birthday which that was kind of sort of the plan it was definitely like rodeo centered which I am totally fine with you know like that's yeah I mean that was the reason you wanted uh, to go that was the reason we went yeah so um but I would like to kind of see more stuff too because I feel like there's a lot in Vegas that you can see yeah there's a lot of you know kind of even obscure stuff that is just Mm -hmm. weird yeah, you know, but like in a fun touristy way, you know. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I would, yeah, I would like to. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Um, what were we do? Oh yeah, okay. What was yeah? I was like, what were we even doing? Um, what is your idiot harassment moment from this week? <laughs> okay, so I know that a while ago I told everybody that I have something called tardive dyskinesia, which at first was making my tongue stick out of my mouth randomly which was really awkward and um you know I don't really do that anymore it happens occasionally if I'm really concentrating like trying to put on you know eye makeup or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um uh, but now um I am just you know chewing on air I think that's what I said the last time it hasn't progressed which I feel really lucky for um yeah but so and it and it it really only happens when I'm in like outside the house right so like Mm -hmm. Inside the house, occasionally it'll happen, but, like, it happens when I'm a little more stressed out, which would be mm-hmm. situations where I have to interact with people who aren't in my house, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> in public. Okay, so, yeah. Um, 
the last time I went to my dentist, I was like, well, a couple times ago, I was like, hey, like, I have this thing now. It's making me chew on nothing a lot. Mm -hmm. And, like, are my teeth okay? And they checked, and I had been there, I don't know, three or four months earlier Mm -hmm. for just, like, a a cleaning or whatever. And Mm -hmm. they were like, you know, there is a pretty significant wear since your last visit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fuck, you know, and I like, you know, explained it and, you know, they un- understood and they were like, okay, so we'll make you a mouth guard. Now this is a mm-hmm. night guard um, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can wear it at night and then wear it during the day. Um, you're not going to be able to talk normally. So if you have to leave your house, you probably don't want to have it with you because you won't be able to interact with people normally. It'll be really yeah. obvious <laughs> that you have a mouth night guard in your mouth. Yeah. Like, okay. So, so, they're you know, they're like, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they are. And they're like, so are you like doing it in your sleep or what? And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I do in my sleep. Like, I don't think (laughs) so, but maybe I am. It's not going to hurt. So, so, okay. They make me a mouth guard. After insurance, $600. And it's just Mm -hmm. one. It's just the top for the top teeth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not top and bottom, just top mouth Mm -hmm. guard. Okay. And I said, you know, I have had mouth guards before and I always you know just the ones that you buy in the store and Mm -hmm. make yourself whatever and I always chew through them Mm -hmm. you know okay and they're like well this is you know more solid material you know that's Mm -hmm. why it's so expensive you know you're not going to chew through it okay awesome so I wear it at night now um I know that I wake up a lot in the middle of the night and um I am constantly chewing and I think that it is because there's something in my fucking mouth mm-hmm. and my brain says there's something in your mouth. You should chew it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whenever I wear the mouth guard, I, I'm like, I wake up and my jaw is sore. So mm-hmm. I think that I am giving it, you know, doing way more like night mouth action. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because there's something in my mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. I looked at it the other day. I was cleaning it and um, which I do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, that's in your mouth. Ew. Right. Yeah. And like morning breath, like, ugh, right? Gross. Okay, so like I clean it every day, uh, and I looked at it, and it is cracked on both sides towards the back. Um, I was like, oh, great! I I've cracked through it. In the mm-hmm. cracks, it is a darker color, meaning mm-hmm. I am getting bacteria in there, right? Or that could be the center of it is just a different color too. I don't know. It's clear. I mean, it's a clear one, so. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, and then I I was really looking at it closely on the bottom side, and there are chunks missing, which means that I have bitten off chunks or whatever, and where are those chunks? Well, guess what? They're not on my bed. They've gone in my body. I have eaten eaten part of my... You're eating the mouth guard? Yeah. So, I'm just like, (laughs) ugh. Like, not that it's my dentist's fault that I'm doing that, you know what I mean? But, like, fuck, man. I'm supposed to not do this, you know? This is $600, and now I've swallowed God knows what that material is. Like, am I okay? I don't know if I'm okay. Like, I mean, it would just go through your system, you know? If it's not going to dissolve in your mouth, it's not going to dissolve in your body. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) I mean, I don't think stomach acid would be able to process plastic like that. That's usually why, like, if you swallow a piece of money or something, like, it comes out the other end and like it was, you know? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I still just don't feel great about swallowing this material, so. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. So, (laughs) so anyway, I have an appointment in a couple weeks, so I'm just going to bring it in and just be like, what can I do? Like, this was $600. I've had this for, I don't know, three or four months. And yeah. this, is, this is what I've done. Mm-hmm. So, like, the point is that, like, I'm so I'm chewing still during the mm-hmm. day because 
you know, I got to go out and do shit with my kid, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm still wearing down my teeth. So I'm yeah. not... I'm not stopping it. I'm just, I'm just also eating this plastic. So <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, I don't know who's the ninja or ass, but there I'm annoyed. It's mostly my fault. So, okay. Not, on I wonder if course, they were but. to do like an Invisalign type of like retainer, like one of those thinner ones during the day. So that way people can't really like tell that it's there, but like it would still maybe protect your teeth. I don't know. I'm hoping that they have some suggestions because like, I mean, if I just keep doing nothing and my teeth keep wearing down, I mean, that's yeah. going to cost a lot of money to fix later. Also, it's going to eventually really fucking hurt, you know? Yeah. So, like, something's got to happen. And, like, it's not like I have any guarantees that I'm ever going to stop doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it might just be what I do forever. So, like, what do we do in that scenario? I have no idea. I, I mean, <laughs> to me, it would make the most sense to like have a top and a bottom one maybe because like if like obviously the the marks and the chunks are taken off off the bottom of the retainer right yeah so like not the part that your top teeth are actually touching which means that your bottom teeth are sharp enough to be like taking pieces off yeah so you would think that they would like to solve that problem give you also a bottom mouth guard so then that way it's just two pieces of plastic rubbing against each other and not like your teeth rubbing against the plastic you know yeah yeah that would make the most sense to me but mm-hmm. I mean who, I, what do I know yeah. so and I'm pretty sure like I need it during the day and not at night you know because I don't yeah. wake up with like a sore jaw or chewing like I do when I have my mouth guard in at night so yeah so I think that the nighttime chewing is just happening because my brain feels something in my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's, there's, you know, you need to chew that up so you can swallow it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole annoying thing. I'm annoyed that I spent $600 just to swallow some unknown material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Try anyway. and do that if you can, you know? Yeah. So anyway, what was your Ajit or Aspen moment? Uh, okay. So mine, this was when, so there's a lake kind of nearish by our house. Um, and Travis's dad and I guess kind of Travis, like ha- there, it's like Travis's dad's boat, but like Travis is allowed to use it. And it's like in our shop, like, I, I don't know, whatever, you know, like, yeah. anyway. The boat was taken out, <laughs> and um, this was the first time that it had been out in a while, and like, and, and by a while, I mean, like, nine years. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. And they had, like, kind of fixed some stuff on it, and, like, they, we were taking it out to kind of, like, see, you know, how it did, and, like, what, if there was anything else that needed to be fixed on it, and blah, 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 blah right? Mm-hmm. So, um, we get to the boat launch, and the trailer on the back or so the lights on the back of the boat trailer weren't working. And so like, I was, I just followed behind them and I was like, okay, well I'll just like park there and you know, you can park there. It's fine. You know, like whatever. Yeah. Cause it's literally like five minutes maybe away from our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, you know, we get there and you know, I park, they like put the boat in and then they go and like park the boat, or the truck of a trailer somewhere, and, like, we do our thing, right? And so in a boat launch, usually the spaces are pretty long, right? Because you're supposed to be able to, like, park a truck and a trailer with it. Right, yeah. And there was somebody that was, like, kind of on one side of the boat launch and, like, 
I parked behind them, right? So, like, and there was space to park another car behind me, but, like, you don't do that. And, like, my bad for pulling up closer to the other car, I guess. I don't know. It was just habit. Like, you know, it felt weird just, like, leaving a huge amount of space in between the two, you know? But, like, obviously that's what I should have done. Um, And so we come back a couple hours later, and there's this big, like, navigator or something like that that's blocked me in, right? So, like, I am stuck in between two cars, and I can't get anywhere. And, like, okay, what if this was, like, an emergency or, you know, whatever? Like, you just don't do that to people. Just because there's a space there doesn't mean you take it. Like, don't be that asshole, you know? And so we leave a note on their windshield just like, hey, you know, like your parking job blocked us in. Can you please let us know? Like, here's the number. Can you please let us know when you leave so we can come get our car, right? Yeah. And we wait for like hours and nothing. And so we're like, okay, we're going to drive back and just see if, you know, we can, if they're gone yet, maybe they haven't, I don't know, whatever. Cause like, I mean, it's not unheard of for people to spend like the whole day out there. Cause they'll just go and like, there's like areas where you can just go and like park your boat and every, it's like literally a boat party, you know, like multiple yeah. people park their boats over there and play music and whatever, you know? Okay. So yeah. like maybe they're not gone yet. We go over there they, and you know, my car's dusty like all the time because, you know, I drive it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so we get there and they had taken the note and ripped it up into a bunch of little pieces and stuck it underneath my windshield wiper and wrote nice. dumbass on the back of my car in the dust. It's like, wow, really like grow up. And I know that like, so I know it was a girl's writing because like, guys I mean there's like certain handwritings where you're like there's no way a guy writes like that you know yeah right right like my guess is that somebody was either drunk or they just were like well you were stupid for parking there sort of thing like my bad for not like blocking you out I guess but like I didn't figure and there wasn't that much room so they were like right like against me you know and it's like come on you know like you're an asshole, and then you call me a dumbass for, like, you not having common courtesy, you know, like, really, and that just, like, pissed me off, you know, and, like, I would piss anybody off, man, and it was just, like, okay, and, like, do I still have a picture of their car and their license plate number? Oh, yes, and, like, I don't know why, but I'm not getting rid of it yet, you know, (laughs) like, and here's the thing, is, like, I kind of feel like I like I'm not going to like throw anybody under the bus right now. But like there was somebody that I know that was there. Like we didn't like see like we didn't talk to each other. Like she didn't see me as far as I know. But like there's somebody that I know that was there that was in like a like party boat sort of situation with a bunch Mm -hmm. of people. And normally unless, you know, you're are with like you you don't just park a car at a boat launch unless you're with somebody who has a boat right like you're not just gonna park there and so that was like one of the only boats that was out there that had like a bunch of people in it that wouldn't have all been able to fit in the vehicle of you know whoever had the trailer and the boat and everything yeah so I'm kind of like hmm you know like you have do you and this person have any ish No, not really. But I also feel like this person is the type of person that maybe might do that, Mm. but that would at least know who it was for sure, because 
I'm guessing that's who it was. And again, I don't know. I could be wrong. Like, yeah. I'm guessing it was somebody in that group, right? Right. Because um, they were also, there was also a car that kind of did the same thing that I did that was parked next to me that, like, you know, wasn't, you know, they, okay, was I stupid for letting somebody park behind me and giving them the opportunity to? Yeah, sure, maybe. Like, I'll take that. But, like, also, you shouldn't do that. So it's just, like, common courtesy. But there was also somebody who was next to them who parked next to the car that was already next to me. So I'm guessing that they were, like, together, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they also blocked in, you know, whoever else was over there, too. So um, that was – I would guess that they were together, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, uh. okay. I think I know either who it was exactly or at least who, like, it was somebody in that group, which, like, makes me even more mad because it's like, really? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> if, you knew I wonder... me, if you knew it was me, you wouldn't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I don't know. That was that was my drama and bullshit. And <laughs> oh, that would piss me off so but... badly. I hate people. Ugh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, like. Of like, is uh, there a way to find out like who owns a license plate? You know what I mean? I've never looked thing. into that. I don't really know, but that's part of the reason why I haven't gotten rid of it because I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could look this up. But also, like, it doesn't do me any good to know who it is, other than if I were to confront this person and be like, do you know this so and so or whatever? And like, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's not like they did anything illegal. Just no, really they didn't do anything rude. Illegal. Yeah, I did find out. I was like, okay, like, because so, I called a tow truck company because I was like, here's the thing, like, this is what's happened. I don't know if you can do anything, but I just want to like know if it, like I wasn't trying to be like a Karen about it, you know. But I was yeah. like, I just like I would like to have my car. Like, is there anything that like did they technically do anything wrong or like can I get them like could you move them you know or whatever like and I was like probably not but like I just want to know you know and they would know you know yeah and he's like yeah no like the person whose car it is has to like agree to move it I can't just like move somebody else's property and I was like okay makes sense you know whatever it's like unless they're parked illegally or they're parked somewhere where they shouldn't be parked you know and you can call that in but if they're just being an asshole, then I can't do anything about it. And I was like, that's fair. I just was curious, you know, like whatever. Um, But yeah, so now I know that. So now I know if you ever, and for folks out there, because people are assholes, if you ever go to a boat launch and park in the boat launch, park so that somebody can't block you in because they will if it's busy enough. So yeah, that's bullshit. You know, I'm just going to tell one little story that that kind of reminded me of. Um, oh, go for when it. I was, when I was working at uh, Barnes & Noble, um, I got off my shift. It was like, a, you know, I was off at like three or four or something. And I got to my car. And the parking lot is pretty flat. I mean, for a parking lot, sure, there are, mm-hmm. you know, very vague little dips and, you know, mm-hmm. higher parts. But mostly it's flat, you know. Mm-hmm. Still, I'm the kind of person who always uses my e-brake because... Mm-hmm. Because your shit can roll, okay? Yeah, I do that every time I park. Yeah. Like, yeah, you should should do that. And and if you don't do that, then just listen to my story, okay? Yeah. So, (laughs) like, I go out, and so it's just, you know, parking spaces where there's, you know, rows and two cars face each other. And they're kind of uh, slanted parking spots, right? So, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I go out, and there is a car um, 
it was like not right in front of me. It was like one space over in front of me. So facing me, but you know, mm-hmm. one spot to the right or left. I can't remember. Anyway, they had not used their e-brake and they had rolled right into my car. The reason they stopped rolling was because my car stopped them. So it's resting yeah. <laughs> on my car. No one's there. No one's in the car. There is somebody in the car right next to me, just sitting there mm-hmm. looking. There's mm-hmm. no one in the car in front. There are cars all around us. Um, and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, like, I got shit to go do. Like, I don't, what do I do? Like, should I get If I back to- out, will it keep rolling and, like, yeah, just and follow hit me cars. out and have yeah. to get another car, so, you know? And I was like, okay, like, I guess I need to go into, like, I could go into my store and have them, like, page, you know, hey, if you have this kind of car or license plate, like, please come to the front. But, like, mm-hmm. who knows if they're in my store there's a buttload of stores right there it's a big parking Mm -hmm. lot you know they could have parked there and gone to any number of stores and i don't want to go in every fucking store right yeah and have them come back move take their car away and i don't have their information because they fucking dented my car you know Mm -hmm. so it was like okay like this is clearly just somebody who doesn't use their e-brake you know what i mean like often or whatever or they just like or forgot. I mean, who knows? But like, well, the other thing I could think of too is that they were parking and like went to take their foot off the gas or, or the brakes or something, and then like didn't actually put it in park and rolled into your car and just was like, oh, oh well, I'm gonna make it look like an accident and just park here, you know? Maybe, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but so so I did back my car up about a foot, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it continued to roll in my direction. Now the person next to me was gonna get hit by this car. Yeah. And they were in their car watching me do that. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I stopped my car. So that car hit me again. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it didn't hit the other car. But the look on that person's face was fucking priceless. They were just like, no, what are you doing? I mean, I didn't let it happen. I was just, you know, trying some science. So <laughs> but I made, you know, at I, that point it's already dented. You might as well. I know. It's like, it. whatever. It's not going to hurt me. But I, I didn't let it hit their car, of course, because yeah. I'm not a jerk. But like it was super fucking comical to look on their face so yeah. and that and you know what I don't even remember what happened after that it was so long ago I think I just sat there until the person came to their car mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I left at all because I didn't want them to like have the opportunity to like escape you know what I mean yeah not that I, I wonder I if they put their, their car in neutral instead of in park yeah I didn't I didn't ask I mean I was just yeah. like hey you know this is okay what's your info okay thanks bye you know what I mean it was yeah. just so mm-hmm. quick they weren't I feel like they didn't really have any emotion. They weren't upset. They weren't sorry. They weren't blaming me. They were just like, oh, here's my They're just like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, and I was just like, whatever. I'm not going to make a big deal. I don't think you maliciously did that. You know what I mean? No. Whatever. I mean, I'm I'm pretty like, I can, you know, I'm empathetic. Whatever. I always think someone is, you know, not trying to be an asshole. But, I mean, obviously they are sometimes, but. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's just it's just my nature to be like, oh, well, that was probably an accident. So, but yeah. anyway, yeah, it was a, a friendly, quick, whatever here. Okay, bye, mm-hmm. you know, and fix. But fuck, man, use your e-brake. Okay, okay, I'm mm-hmm. done. That was my story, yeah. No, I don't yeah. Know, I don't I know why that That would frustrate me. me. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, uh, especially because, like, I had places to be. And then I think I had to wait, like, 45 minutes for them to come out. So I was just sitting in my car like, ah. Uh, yeah. Hurry up, you know, and I'm sure that other person next to me was sitting in their car waiting. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't really know. Like, they could have left. I don't know what they were doing, really. But yeah, maybe they just wanted to see a showdown. But yeah, they just wanted <laughs> to see what was going to happen, you know? Yeah, could be. <laughs> so. Anyway, well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspitspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.